Arizona, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader, Burns and Gambo, the 4 o'clock reset, brought to you by Collins Comfort AC and Plumbing, proud home services partner of the Arizona Cardinals, 4 o'clock reset. And away we go with the top stories of the day here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Can't believe it's 4 o'clock already, but when it's opening day, the day tends to fly by pretty fast. Happy opening day. We're live from Chase Field on the field, helping you get ready for the home opener tonight for the Arizona Diamondbacks hosting the L.A. Dodgers for the first of four tonight. Merrill Kelly versus Dustin May. First pitch is at 7-10. You'll hear it right here on 98.7 and on the Arizona Sports app. Gambo? Yeah, and I think the D-backs coming off of that split in San Diego and L.A. feeling really good about themselves. Uh, the way they were able to win some of those baseball games. They've got nine stolen bases in ten attempts. They had a double steal of home the other day. The roof is open. I mean, it's going to be a great day. A lot of festivities here with the flyover for opening day and just an exciting day. D-backs and Dodgers. Yep, we're looking forward to it and uh, looking to see how Merrill Kelly does today after kind of his abbreviated start in his opener after his time during the World Baseball Classic. Again, 7-10 first pitch. You'll hear it right here on Arizona Sports. Right next door at almost exactly the same time, Phoenix Suns are getting ready to host the Denver Nuggets. Now, the Suns have a clean injury report, but the Nuggets just put theirs out. Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray are both out. Contavious Caldwell-Pope, uh, Michael Porter Jr., and Aaron Gordon are all questionable for tonight's game, Gambo. Yeah, and that's what you see in a lot of. I mean, the Phoenix Suns, ever since they got Kevin Durant back in the lineup, they have not faced many teams that weren't full strength, really only one or two teams. I mean, everybody's resting guys, and guys are hurt and limping to the finish line. And so this will be another game. This is two games against the Denver Nuggets where you're not seeing them at full strength. Nuggets have locked in to the one spots. The Suns are locked in to the four spots. So neither team really has a whole lot to play for at this point. But Suns obviously trying to develop some continuity with their guys. Now, last night in the NBA, the big result was the Clippers made it 11 straight games over the L.A. Lakers. The Lakers still haven't beaten the Clippers since the bubble, which is hard to believe. But with that win, it's not done. They haven't locked it up. But the Clippers are very much in the driver's spot very much. for the fifth seed in the West and a first-round matchup against the Suns. Yes, yeah, 63% chance, if you go by the numbers, to be the number five seed after that win. They got up really big. The Lakers playing LeBron and AD on back-to-back against a team well-rested. Um, they were able, the Clippers were able to get that win. Should be able to lock up the five seed now. It was interesting to watch that game and how they used Westbrook, and they ended up pulling it out. The Lakers, man, it's a, that's a tie team. It's an older team. There's yeah. injuries there. You know, they either them or Golden State are going to end up in a play-in situation. Now, around the NBA last night, the Pelicans beat the Grizzlies 138-131. to yeah, Big win for them. Big win for them, and by doing that, it clinched the number one seed for the Denver Nuggets, which kind of allowed them a little bit of flexibility. And for the Pelicans, I believe that clinched them a top nine spot in the Western Conference with that win. So they know they're going to be in the play-in tournament. They still could advance beyond the play-in tournament and finish with the fifth or sixth seed, if depending on how things break around them, but that was a very big win for them. Are they going to get? I don't. I looked at this the other day, and I thought there was a chance maybe Zion could come back. I have not heard anything about Zion and whether he's going to be back okay, or not. I don't know be, for sure. I mean, that would be real.
real interest in if they get him back. And then a big game last night. The Mavericks behind 31 from Kyrie beat the Sacramento Kings 123-19. They're right now tied for the last play-in spot with Oklahoma City, but Oklahoma City has the tiebreaker over them. So what they need, the Mavericks, is to win out and hope that Oklahoma City loses a game somewhere among their last two for Dallas to try to get in. It's going to be really dicey to see whether they make it or not. No, big win for Dallas last night, no doubt about it. And yeah, that's going to come down to they need help. They doesn't matter. Winning out doesn't matter. They need Oklahoma City to lose a game. Well, along those lines, they might get help tonight because if you're looking at tonight's scoreboard, in addition to the Suns and the Nuggets, one of the games that matters, the Thunder at the Jazz. Now, the Jazz are hanging on for dear life. They're going to be eliminated here in a matter of no time, if not tonight. The Thunder, we just talked about it. They're trying to hold off the Dallas Mavericks for that last play-in spot. Tonight might be one of their tougher challenges, depending on the Jazz and how they play. You know, we saw the Jazz against the Suns, and they didn't play some key guys. So, again, another team you know that you know the, the Jazz. Honestly, like the, their preference is to be in the lottery, not to be in the play-in tournament. They know they're not going to win anything right now, so they prefer to be in a lottery. That would be their goal. Former Cardinals GM Steve Kime, a guest on the Green Light podcast with Chris Long. He was asked a couple things. We just reacted to one of them a moment ago, talking about DeAndre Hopkins and why a D Hop trade is so complicated. Things are going to have to be number one. They're going to have to be creative, and I'm guessing the Cardinals are going to have to figure it out. From the standpoint that a player of that magnitude, number one, I think he's 33 years old. Two, the contract. And you think to yourself, he's been hurt the last couple years. So they're probably going to have to come to understand that they're probably not going to get as much as they they would if he was a younger player or his contract was was considerably lower. Not going to get as much as if he were a younger player. What, it's not like he's thir- 35 years old. No. I mean, he's in his prime. He's got two years left on his contract, not seven. Yeah. I, I just, I, 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 don't, I don't understand any of it. I really don't. doesn't make any sense to me. But uh, what Steve's saying is he's you know, almost like he's an older player with a bad contract. He was also asked about the growth of quarterback Kyler Murray. Now, we haven't played this yet. We'll react to this a little later in the show. But here's what he said about Kyler. Obviously, the height hurts him at times, seeing over the line and processing and in the field, but at the same time, I mean, he's just a tremendous talent. I mean, he really is, the stuff he does, you see in practice and in some games, I mean, he's just off the charts. I think it's just putting it together and playing consistent football for four quarters. He said a little bit more, and I'm looking forward to getting into this a little bit later in the show, because he dug a little deeper into Kyler and maybe some of the perceived flaws about him. Um, I think it'll be really interesting when we have that conversation. By the way, he was not asked about the current investigation, the Terry McDonough allegations. We presume because the podcast was taped before those were right, we don't right. know that for sure, but we think that was the yeah, case. yeah. It's it, it's it's interesting the thing on Kyler too because he did comment on the film study almost yes. like he's got to study more film, he's got to you know that type of thing because that that was an issue. I mean, every player, all of these players are given these iPads, and so the the teams know how much you're locked in and how much you're you're watching those iPads, and so they kind of knew that Kyler wasn't spending a lot of time on that iPad. Uh, in other Cardinals news, more uh, just an eyebrow razor for the first time NFL teams are allowing players to wear the number zero 
Zach Paschal, the new wide receiver, will wear number zero for the Arizona Cardinals. Right, cool, I like that. Yeah, I, I, I like it. My wife and I talk about that all the time. She's like, why on earth would anybody want to wear the number zero? I'm like, well, you know, zero, double zero. We see it in the NBA, I but mean, it is a number. It, 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 is, it is technically it's, a number. She just she thinks it's kind of a low self esteem number. It's like, like zero. You're, you're like a zero. You're a zero, right? Like, why yeah, like zero as a bad reference. <laughs> yes. We've got to change the way people think about zero. I agree. We do. I agree. I mean, zero calories. Right, yeah, that's zero good. fats. That's a good that's thing. Good. Zero tolerance. It's you know all that stuff. Zero degrees. <laughs> well, nice you, and cold. You like it I nice like and that. Cold. Yeah, yeah, I like, it, like cold. it nice and cold. College news: ASU big man Warren Washington announced today he is declaring for the NBA draft while leaving his final year of eligibility open. Kind of similar to Frankie Collins, like giving himself the ability to come back, right. but just kind of exploring right. to see whether he could, whether he be. And then this from the Pac-12 media rights deal. Stuart Mandel of The Athletic tweeted out that the timeline for a deal now is late spring, early summer, according to a person with knowledge of the discussions. Several Pac-12 presidents had recently said a deal was imminent. Mandel's source said those comments were, quote, overly optimistic, close quotes. I've been waiting for a deal for, it feels like two years now, ever since the Big 12 reopened theirs and got theirs done so quickly. Yeah. And then finally, the Masters first round today. I watched a little bit of this this morning. Quick leaderboard update presented by FanDuel. Three-way tie for first place. Victor Hovland, Brooks Kepka, and John Rahm all at seven under through the first round from Augusta. The course looked beautiful today. Did it? Oh, it looks fantastic. Yeah. I know, you don't go. I, I, don't, I, don't, you don't, I don't get it. I know, you I don't, don't get it, but, but once it. you start golfing, it it it's... I get it now. You get it? I, I get it. Yeah. I was watching it this morning. I get it, it. It makes you watch it more? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no question. Yeah, no question about it. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, right after you, Texas, your thoughts on anything that we've had to say so far on the fan duel text line at 620-620. Who is the favorite in the Western Conference? An interesting discussion on NBA's TNT show on Tuesday that we will react to next on the Burns and Gambo show. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons. Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. Suns run to the playoffs coverage. Brought to you by Canvas Annuity. Score up to 6.25% on your retirement savings. On the field here at Chase Field, happy opening day to everybody out there. If you're on your way down to the ballpark, if you're on your way to downtown Phoenix, it's going to be another busy night down here with the Suns taking on the Nuggets right across the street. Then, of course, the Diamondbacks and the L.A. Dodgers, in which we had Derek Hall on earlier. They're expecting nearly a full house for tonight's game. They're very close to a sellout for tonight. We're excited about it. It's always, look, they treat us really, really well here. When we do shows from opening day here, they put us right on the field. We're right behind the batting cage. Um, I mean, to the point where if someone's not careful and a ball gets through, we're going to get clocked, which almost happened last year. Yeah, but that wasn't an accident. That <laughs> I mean, was purpose. Maybe it that was, was done on purpose. Maybe it was deliberate. Maybe yeah. it was accidental. I don't know. We're still yeah. we're still reviewing the security footage to see I, I whether think, that was intentional or not. Yeah, to tell me that Matt Williams couldn't have caught that ball and prevented it from hitting <laughs> yeah, me, well, it was thrown right well, to him. I just I wanted to be mm. careful because Matty's you know dealing with his own situation. Right. So I didn't want to go lobbing. No, we we want the best. Grenades sure. at him. We want we the want best the best for him. But there's no doubt he. 
he was trying to have that ball hit me on purpose. He would so, be very happy about so it. So we're glad to be here. And uh, if you're coming on down, we look forward to meeting you. If you're able to get in early enough, come down and say hi. We'd love to talk to you. Um, of course, the Suns. Now, three games left. Um, we talked in the reset about the Nuggets. No Jamal Murray tonight. No Nikola Jokic tonight. The other three starters are questionable. All the Suns, they've got a clean injury report. We're not really sure who's going to play for the Suns and who's not. We've got our guesses as to what we're going to see tonight and tomorrow on Sunday. But we don't know really know for sure. And then it's playoff time. And I, I made the comment earlier. I was watching the Clippers-Lakers game. Mark Jackson, who was calling the game for ESPN, had said, look, I, I can't tell you about round two. I can only talk about round one. And around one, you don't want anything to do with the Phoenix Suns. You, 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 you don't want them. You, you want to avoid them if you can. Yeah. To what lengths you go to to avoid them, I don't know. But I don't want to play the Phoenix Suns in the first round. He wasn't the only one. This is the uh, We played some of this audio yesterday or the day before, but it's good revisiting, especially some of it that we haven't heard. This is the TNT Tuesday night crew, and this is Adam Lefko, Jamal Crawford, Channing Frye, and Candace Parker on who you would take in the West. Here's what they said. Would you take Phoenix and Golden State or everybody else? Phoenix and Golden State. You would take those two yes. over Denver, Memphis, yes. Sacramento, and both LA teams. Okay. Golden State had a rocky road to get here, but they're still one of the teams I trust most in the whole league in the playoffs. They have a gear that they're special. Something if I happens. said to you, Golden State or everybody else, would Phoenix have been the team that you would have been worried about? Yes. Hmm. I think Phoenix is a favorite. If Their biggest opponent to me is health. If they can keep everybody healthy throughout this run, I think they'll figure it out and be right there in the finals. That's Jamal Crawford. Yes. He said that. Yeah. And it's interesting because it's a conversation you and I have all the time. Team X and Y or the field. We do it Team all the time. X, Y, and Z or the field. Okay, right? let like, me give you that. Phoenix and Golden State or the field. Phoenix or Golden State. Okay. To win the West? To win the West. Phoenix or Golden State. Okay. I agree with Jamal. I would take Phoenix or Golden State to win the West, and I would give you the field. Jamal feels very comfortable that Phoenix is the team to beat, where others, like Channing Frye, did not feel comfortable that they were the team to beat. He liked the Lakers. Um, for you know, I mean, there are, there are reasons. I, keep, I, I get it. I don't buy it, but well, he, he liked them. He said this before they lost last night. I don't know if that has anything to do with anything, but he Here's what Channing Fry said, again, on Tuesday night. And this is what prompted you and he to come up with a bet together. Yes. This is Channing Fry. Phoenix the favorite? No, I don't think so. I think I think the Lakers are the favorite. Oh, Channing, here's look. What, here's I'm about to throw those picks. Defensively, I knew what you were going to say. Who's been the best team in the Western Conference? I knew what you were going to say. I got hands up. <laughs> I knew what you were going to say. Who's been the best team in the Western Conference since the, since the trade deadline? See how Randy Moss It is a thing, fact. Anyway. Defensively, this team is far and away better. What the was Lakers, the biggest thing? The Lakers Every, cannot. If Phoenix and the Lakers meet, you got the Lakers beating Phoenix? I do. I do. What do you have? Who is the be- defensively what do you have? games? Defensively, you- no, 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 Jamal. No, we're going to talk to a legend. argue something. You we're role players. Let's talk. Anytime your voice gets that high pitch like yes. Channing's got, yeah. you know he's serious, right? Yeah. They yeah. got the best defensive team in the NBA. Like, every time you go right. up there, you must really mean it, right? right. He was really fired up about it. Yeah, we, we ended up betting two bottles of wine because uh, he's got a wine company now. So we ended up betting two bottles of wine on it if they play each other because I just don't see any way that I, you know how I feel. I want the Lakers. Give me the 
me the Lakers. I could care less about them. So um, it, it is it is interesting. I think it's going to be interesting to see as the matchups get set now. We're going to start hearing more and more people say this is the team to beat in the West and this is the team to beat. And I think with Denver sliding and with Memphis having injuries, with Sacramento sliding a little bit and just no belief in them, you know, even though I think they're really good, I think the overwhelming favorite is going to be Phoenix. But after that, it's going to be interesting to me to see who 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 else do people like if it's not Phoenix? Is it Golden State, the Clippers, and the Lakers? Yeah. Or is it Sacramento, Memphis, and Denver? I suspect... I suspect that Jamal Crawford had it absolutely right. That or the, or the host of the show had it absolutely right. The line in the sand is going to be the Warriors and the Suns. That's that's the line, and it's it's going to be like if like if I you know how I set the over unders on the show. Yes, yes. When I'm pretty setting good the, at when that. I'm setting the over unders on the show, what I'm trying to do is get as close to fifty fifty as I can. Right. I want I want a line that's going to be half the people are going to vote on one side, half the people are going to vote on the other. I think by saying the Warriors and the Suns or the field in the West, that's the line. That's the 50-50 point where half the people are going to go on one side and half the people are going to take the two teams. I really think that. Um, because I think the Warriors, I, I read, I, I, I emailed it to you, but we've had a crazy day with um, with opening day, so I wouldn't have expected you to see this necessarily. But I was amazed by this stat that I saw today on Twitter when it comes to the Golden State Warriors. In in the Steve Kerr era, when Steph, Draymond, and Clay play and finish every game in a series, they have never lost. They have never lost a series. Okay, there's only one guy that you know went out winning all his championships without losing it, and Michael Jordan. Like that's going to end. Like I mean, I would. Someone's going right, to. Somebody's going to beat edit. them. And, and again, that's a highly qualified statement there, right? Because because Clay gets hurt or Green gets hurt, and so they lose a series. And and you know, it's. But when you, if, and that's why I was thinking about this walking up. It's almost like. Who's going to be the healthiest at the end? Is it going to be the Suns and their big four, or is it going to be the Warriors and their big three? That's probably the team that's going to win the West. Right? Well, what if they're both healthy? Now, that's the great question. If they're both healthy, who wins? The Suns are more equipped to beat them now with Durant than they were last year without him. Yeah. Did you see... Um, Stephen A., I think it was this morning on SportsCenter or Get Up, one of the two, I can't remember which, is, I sent you the videos this too, was talking about if it is KD and the Suns versus the Warriors, the pressure that would be on KD in a series like Ooh, that. to beat them? So, because that's, that's the a team good point. that he left. That's the team that he, hey man, they're basically the same team that you left and all the pressure that's going to be on KD in a moment like that, I hadn't really thought of it and I thought it was a good point. By I don't know if he's, I don't know if he gets affected by that. You think so? Remember the whole legacy thing like he feels like I don't worry about that stuff anymore that's like, what he says but is that how he feels you know I mean I, I don't yeah, know that's a good question it's a good it's a good point it's a good point something to think about you know there's a thing too with like KD and LeBron like they haven't faced off very much not since like so if you get the Lakers not since what the Warriors and the Cavs right wouldn't that be the last time they faced off in one of those finals where it was the... Yeah, well, one of them, he got hurt. That's when he got hurt in the finals. Yeah. So it had to be the other one. 
But it's been like there's not a whole lot of like history there between the two of them in any playoff series okay. for all the years that they've been together. Because it was one year he got, that's where he tore the uh, he got hurt with the, with the, uh, the the foot. All right, I just heard back from the Auction Community Studios. They have the Stephen A. cut. Uh, please play it, even though it's going to take us a little past the break. Please play it. I want everyone to hear this. No matter what anybody says, this is how it's going to be looked upon. You left Steph Curry to go and join Kyrie Irving in Brooklyn. That didn't work out for you. Now you're in Phoenix, okay? You go against the Golden State Warriors, a team you left. Same personnel. Steph is still there. Clay is still there. Draymond's still there. Hell, Kevon Looney is still there. This is the team that you had there. And you go against them in a first-round series? I don't care what anybody says. There is no one, no one in the NBA, once the playoffs begins, that will have more pressure on them than Kevin Durant if the series is him against Golden State. Hmm. Now, he's talking about it in the context of a first round, but I think it's just as applicable if they meet any in the round. Western Conference any Finals. Round. Any, any round, round, right? Doesn't yeah. matter. Doesn't any matter. round those guys meet, absolutely. There's going to be... Um, yeah, I think there's... You know, Golden State, they, they won with KD. They won without KD. I don't think there's any pressure there. Um, for KD, I mean, that's a, it's a really interesting point that I hadn't thought about. Would there be more pressure on him playing them against against another team? When we come back on the Burns and Gambo Show, Steve Kimes today, former general manager of the Cardinals, was on the Greenlight Podcast with Chris Long. Some comments about the man he drafted number one overall. We'll share them with you next here on Burns and Gambo. And Gambo. Afternoons 2 till 6 on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Happy opening day to everybody out there. Thanks for hanging out with us here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Downtown Phoenix is going to be the place to be tonight with uh, Diamondbacks baseball, Suns basketball across the way. And, of course, we'll have a complete recap for you. Starting with the morning show tomorrow on Bickley and Murata. Just keep it right here on Arizona Sports. Everything you need to know, we've got. Let's get into the Steve Kime stuff on this Green Light podcast with okay. Chris Long. We played some of the DeAndre Hopkins comments from earlier about the difficulty of trading him and what Steve seems to be the issue. And 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 we'll, we'll talk about Steve in just a minute because I think there's kind of another angle here that I want to bring up. But let's talk a little bit about what he had to say about Kyler. And he talked about some of the inconsistencies with the quarterback that he drafted. You draft a guy number one, so you put all your eggs in that basket. And in the first year, he is a uh, offensive rookie of the year. Then the second year, he's a pro bowler. And the third year, he's a pro bowler. So you got to think that he's heading in the right direction. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I just thought he kept getting better and better and better. Um, you know, there's just some times of inconsistency with him. And he dove a little deeper into the, the, the inconsistency when talking about the things where Kyler can improve. It's a two-part cut here. Here's part one. I think he, he still needs to grow. And, yeah. and it's not a, again, it's not slanted towards his, his character. He, he, he's not a bad guy. He's yeah. a really good kid, has a good smile, and has a nice way about him. Um, I think it's like anything. Guys have to continue to learn what it's going to take to be great. You know, does does he know what Peyton Manning and Tom Brady know knows what it takes to be great? No. Um, does he work? He does work. Um, I think it's just that side of the uh, the game, the, the the film study, the attention to detail part that he can continue to improve upon, and I think he will. I think that Steve 
when they got to the point where they had to redo the contracts, right? They were all tied together at that point. It was Steve and Cliff and Kyler, and they were they were tied at the hip. And the thing with Kyler was that they weren't sold on him. They truly were not a hundred percent sold on him. But they were gonna bet they were gonna bet on him because you had to make a decision. You had to make a decision. So they decided to bet on him. And what he was talking about, Pro Bowl, some growth, they had seen enough of him to feel like it was a worthwhile bet without knowing for sure. Like it's not it wasn't like a like when they redo Joe Burrow's contract, that's a no brainer. Josh Allen, no brainer. Mahomes no brainer. Um, Justin Herbert, I think, would be a no brainer. Kyler wasn't a no brainer. Even for the Cardinals organization, it wasn't a no brainer. But they felt like we're gonna we're gonna bet on him and hope that that bet comes through. Yeah, here's another one from Steve on how he thinks Kyler's best ball is ahead of him. Kyler's a proud guy, man. He doesn't wanna he doesn't wanna lose and he doesn't wanna um, let people down. So, you know, I think his best ball is ahead of him. I think they need to be creative and do the right things with him offensively. But, you know, I think the, the best ball is ahead of him, and I think he'll get it right. But, like I said, it's just, to me, in that area of watching film, studying the game, attention to detail, uh, I think that's the area where he can vastly improve. And that's where... I, I... To not put too fine a point on it, that's why I'm very, very glad the Cardinals made a coaching change this offseason because I think that the staff that is needed to be able to communicate that and that message that needed to get through to Kyler, the messenger had to change. You know, the, yeah. the message yeah. of this is what we need you to do. I'm not saying Cliff didn't do that or Steve didn't do that, but clearly, you know, the the, the, the messenger had to change a little bit so I agree. that maybe, maybe Kyler would understand Man, a little bit, right? Yeah, like, and that's a good way of putting it. Like, Kyler might have just been too comfortable yes. with the previous regime. Well, the you have to be coach. in order to curse out your coach like that. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's a good point. You have to be very you comfortable, be comfortable to curse out your coach. If you're going to verbally undress your coach like that on national TV, you're, you're probably yeah. pretty comfortable with him. Yeah, he's yeah. not going to do that to Jonathan Gannon the first week of the season. Does He's not comfortable enough to be able to do that. And you don't want to ever let them get that comfortable to that to that point. Not, not at this stage in Kyler's career. No. I mean, if Kyler is a three-time Super Bowl champion who's got a couple of MVP trophies or, or has had that kind of success, well, okay then. I, I mean, you know, we see Aaron Rodgers. He's done it. We Tom Brady barks at everybody like a dog. I mean, we've seen all that. There is a certain level of success that once you achieve it, it does kind of give you the green light to be more like that. Kyler's nowhere near that level in his career. Nowhere close to it and and that yeah that that suggests very much so that he was too comfortable with the old coach with the messenger and that the messenger had to change yeah and I, I, I think you're 100 percent right the messenger had to change and you know cliff even said i mean steve even said about cliff like i would get there at 4 30 and he was there nobody ever beat him in the building he was the hardest working guy like that's all great and fine and dandy but the results weren't there so it didn't matter look with some guys it, it, sometimes it doesn't matter how hard you work if you're not good enough you're not good enough right yeah and maybe with cliff it was like yeah you were working really 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 hard but it just it wasn't enough because you know and you can say okay they didn't have the talent on the team but maybe he was his ability to get the most out of guys wasn't there yeah here's one more from steve again this is on the green light pod talking about kyler obviously the height hurts him at times seeing over the line and processing and seeing the field but at the same time i mean he's just a tremendous talent I mean, he really is the stuff he does you see in practice and in some games, I mean, he's just off the charts. I think it's just putting it together and playing consistent football for four quarters. How, two questions about Steve. 
how much of his own legacy is going to be defined by what Kyler Murray does since he drafted him? And do you think Steve's embarking on a media career? Ha! Huh. Used to joke around with him all the time. It's going to be the you know the Gamble and Kime show or the Burns and Kime show. He, 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 and yeah, just all the time. He used to joke about. Just that. to interrupt you guys on that subject, he's going to be on Fox Sports's NFL draft coverage in a couple I, of know, weeks, and that's kind of why I asked that question. I thought in the rush of getting ready for the show this morning, I read that somewhere. And my apologies to whomever reported that. I don't remember who it was, but but I remember seeing that today, and I I just kind of wonder if that's if that's the next. For Steve, I don't know. Maybe you know Ryan McDonough. After he left the Suns, went into broadcasting a little bit. He was doing some, you know, work. Um, was it NBA TV or I think so? Yeah, places like that. Sounds so, right. Yeah. I mean, I think that's an avenue where you can keep stay in the game in some ways. You know, make a little bit of money, stay around the game, and you know, to see if another opportunity arises for you. Yeah, potentially, potentially. Um, but Kyler will. Look, we've all we've heard so far are the good things that he's here. He's been working out. He's been doing everything he needs to be doing. Uh, that was something that the organization, that Michael in particular, made very very clear uh, that he, they wanted to see more of Kyler. And one other thing I'll mention, I mentioned it in the four o'clock reset. I want to mention it again. Um, we haven't played any sound bites from Kime on this podcast about the the scandal going on with the Cardinals right now, the Terry McDonough stuff and the allegations and things like that because he wasn't asked about it. Uh, we're presuming this podcast was recorded before, before yeah. all of that stuff happened. We don't know that for sure, but we're presuming that to be the case, so we don't have any real sound bites to play you in that regard. When we come back here on the Burns and Gambo show as we are live from Chase Field, Chris Paul, how much of his legacy is impacted by having not won a championship? You'll hear what he had to say about that coming up on the Burns and Gambo show. The D-backs return to the Valley hosting the Dodgers for their first home series of the 2023 season. Arizona Sports brings you D-backs home opener coverage with Burns and Gambo live at Chase Field. Live from Chase Field, and we are on the field here in downtown Phoenix as uh, Gambo still... Still waiting to have your catch with Tori Lavello. I'm waiting for Lavello. Where, where's 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 Tori? Is he? I, is he... I just texted him a picture of my glove. <laughs> <laughs> I just I literally just sent him a text. It's a picture of my glove. Is it? Was it just last year, or is this like an opening day tradition that dates beyond? I don't. Remember. No, it was last year. Was it last, last year, year? The first just, year you guys had a catch. Just had a catch. He's trying to yeah. make it a tradition, Bernsey. We're, we're, we are trying to make it a tradition. And let's have a catch. Let's say, hey, hey, Tori, want to have a catch? I know you got a game to manage. It's the opener, oh, but you know this is more important. There's Tori. I, I, there he is. I, I, I see, there I see he is. Tori right now. There he is. Hey, Tori, want to have a catch with Gambo? <laughs> Where's your glove? No glove? Right, that's that's Huddy's glove. You could you could use that one. All right. So like this it. is um, this is okay. So he's I'm saying gonna, hello to Chelsea now. Yeah, he's saying hello to Chelsea and Q yeah. and um, Tori and our is, friend Andy from the British Bird Gang mm-hmm. yeah. uh, to describe what's going on. Uh, Tori Lavello just came over to say hi to us. But Gamble, we're going to have to cut your catch short a little bit because I think we're going to get Jake McCarthy here in a minute. So let's quickly update our Twitter poll question of the day. Mitch, you're standing by there. What do you got for us? Pick that. Play the thing. Burns and Gamble need to know Twitter poll update presented by Sanderson Ford. All right, Mitch, you got the con. Take it away. Yeah, of course, with
with it being opening day at Chase Field, we're asking an opening day related question. D-backs against the Dodgers, and we're just asking y'all to predict the outcome. You got four options. D-backs win by one, D-backs win by two to three runs, D-backs win by four or more, or the Dodgers are going to win. I think the Diamondbacks win by two or three runs. I think Gambo's got him winning by a run. He's off mic right now talking to Tory, but I know that's what he said earlier. What's our audience I would think say? he's confident in the Diamondbacks, right? I believe so, yes, yes. Yeah, so the audience, however, not too confident, but 43.8% going with the Dodgers winning this one. However, 30.6% say that the Diamondbacks are going to win by a run. 19.4% by two to three. 6.3% say by four. All right, that's the Twitter poll question of the day. You can find it on the Burns and Gambo Twitter page. Joining us right now on this opening day, it's our pleasure to have on the show Diamondbacks outfielder Jake McCarthy, who joins us here on Burns and Gambo. How are you doing, sir? Good to see you. What's going on, guys? Good nope. to be here. How exciting is this? Opening day. It's fun, yeah. It's one of the best days of the year. Yeah. yeah. Something you dream about as a kid, you know, opening day? Yeah, that's right. And, uh, you know, we had opening day over in, over in L.A., so it's nice to be home Right. see our fans. Got to be happy with that, the way you guys played in Los Angeles and San Diego. You didn't play your best baseball, but to come back 3-3, three and three, those are teams you struggled against last year, two best in the division. You got to be happy with the results, 3-3 three and three coming home. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, it's encouraging, but, you know, we're 3-3. Three and three. It's nothing to be content with. Uh, so, uh, you know, we're just trying to keep chipping away, and, you know, we think we can compete with these guys, so we're just trying to prove that. Did you Do you feel like you proved it a little bit last year with the way you played that you could compete with these guys? Uh, yeah, you know, absolutely. I think towards the towards the back half there, we picked it up. But uh, you know, we were still we were still under five hundred. We still didn't make the playoffs, so there's a lot of work to be done. And uh, you know, we don't we don't really uh, you know we're not uh, content with just just what we did last year. You know. Uh, okay, so can I explain what my co-host is doing right now? Just 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 so you don't think he's being rude. Um, he's trying to start a tradition on opening day because we always broadcast from here on the field where he plays catch with Tori Lovello. Last year was the first year he and Tori want to have a catch. Yeah. So Do you guys say have a catch and not have play a catch? catch. Not play uh, catch. You know what? It, it really, have a catch. Okay. Have a catch. Okay. If you tell me, all right, the only area I've ever heard it called have a catch is Field of Dreams. Yeah. It's the movie. Yeah. It, nobody, it's, I'm it, a New Yorker. And we play have a, we have a catch. Okay, see, I've always just heard play catch. I've never heard have a catch until I watched Field of Dreams. Would you say play catch? I'm or a have play a catch, catch guy. I know, catch I know guy. it's in the movie. Um, I'm from Pennsylvania, so it's not too far away from New York. Yeah, but, you should uh, know that it's have a catch. <laughs> we go right around. I'm like, the, the only person who has a catch is Kevin Costner and his dead dad, right? I mean, yeah. that, that's it. Yeah. They, they have a catch. Everybody else plays catch. Uh, Gambo's done now having a catch, playing so, catch, or doing whatever. So let me ask you, Pennsylvania, because. I grew up in New York. Three, we had baseball for three months. We played for three months, so we played football, we played hockey. What was it like growing up in a cold weather city as a baseball player? Because you know what it was like when you're a kid. I mean, it's hard to play year round in Pennsylvania. Yeah, it was it was hard. It really opened my eyes when I went to college. Now, Virginia's not like much warmer than Pennsylvania, right. but playing every day, I was like, man, I had I had a, a roommate from Texas who, who they played like fifty high school games, and I was like, man, my we yeah, made the we playoffs in my one, yeah. I think my senior year of high school, we went like 10 and 5. Right. <laughs> right. See, my, my kids played high school ball here, and I think they played 40 games. Yeah. 45 incredible. games, right? Incredible. They just always We played. had snow on the ground the first week of our season. Yeah. It was snow on the ground. Yeah. Like, you know. So, it's, yeah, I mean, you just, it, it, it had to be, how did you, did you play year-round? No. So, uh, it was really from, from February or March until 
until July, July yeah. or August. And then it was a uh, football season and a basketball season in the winter. Yeah. So, so yeah, we were a lot of a lot of catch, a lot of ground balls in the gymnasium. Oh sure, the preseason. Sure, yeah. my kid played college baseball in Iowa, and, and they would go in the basketball gym and field grounders. Yeah. <laughs> and do pop flies yeah. in the basketball. Yeah, the hops gym. on a, a basketball court aren't the greatest. No, 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 <laughs> not at all. Uh, Jake McCarthy, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Um, how many times do you figure in your career you've done the head over heels catch into the stands thing? Um, I've I've run into the wall quite a few times, but I've I've only went over it once, other than uh, the other day in Double A. I didn't catch it. I just did a front flip over the. Uh, oh, you didn't catch it in Double A? No, just the Corpus Christi uh, shallow left center. I can find a video somewhere, but I tumbled over. wasn't really anywhere close. It was pretty embarrassing, but it was. Uh, you weren't you weren't cl- close. Uh, to it was probably within like five feet. So catching the ball. Yeah. yeah no. So so were you? Did you when you had it? Do, I mean, what goes through your mind? Does anything go through your mind other than just see ball catch ball? I was, you know, in, in a situation like that, that ball needed to be caught. I really didn't think I was that close to the wall. Um, you know, I, looking up, I catch it, and then I take, what, a step or two and, and, and go over. I really didn't anticipate ended up in the first or second row or whatever it was. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad I'm not injured, and, you know, I'm glad I could, you know, help Dre out. Let's uh, talk about this style of baseball that you guys are playing. I mean, obviously, it's really easy on the eye. It's a lot of fun to watch. It's been really, really enjoyable. Did, did you pretty much know all along when you kind of saw the makeup of the team and how you guys played last year that these rule changes, that you guys were really going to be able to take advantage of it, that you were built to do this? Yeah, and I just, you know, I, I like how we're, we're getting getting back to just as, you know, as a sport, kind of a more well-rounded product, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, we as, as ball players, we should, you know, be able to play defense and, and base run and all of that, you know. So, obviously, we don't hit a ton of homers. You know, we have we have guys like Walker and, and that, but, you know, I don't really think I'm going to hit 30 or 40 home runs. So, uh, you know, and, and just like for, for other guys, I think we got to be creative and we got to be well-rounded baseball players and hopefully it, it results in wins. You guys, the, the speed on the base pads is incredible. The ability to go from first to third or any ball in the gap from first to home. Um, but I love the pressure that you guys put on defenses, especially pitchers, too. And now with them not being able to throw over as much, do you feel like that's even more of an advantage for you guys? Oh, yeah, for that sure. they can't throw over yeah. five times? Um, you know, it's especially when you get to the, the second throw over or whatever, and you know, like, he's got to get me here or, or, or you yeah, know, going you to second base. base. Uh, you know, we'll see with the, with the you know, a bigger sample size, so how it really affects. It seems like guys are stealing more bases, right, in the, in the first first week here. But, way uh, up, way yeah, up. And way the younger teams, the Guardians have a lot, the Orioles have a lot. You guys, the younger teams are really swiping yeah. a lot of bases. Yeah, I like to think we'd, you know, we'd still be playing this way without the bigger bases and the limited pickoffs. But, you uh, did last year. Yeah, but, uh, you know, def- whatever helps, right? And I, I was joking earlier, I hope the bases just keep getting bigger and bigger and the, the base path just yeah. gets down to 80 feet. So let me ask you about Dalton, because he was such a big part of the team last year. Obviously, got traded for Moreno and and and, and Goriel, but you guys were all so close. You, you paying attention? You looking at the box scores, the highlights? Yeah, you know he's doing? I, I see he's doing great. Uh, I was texting him uh, yesterday. I think he was. It must have been before his his game yesterday. He was just commenting on on my catch, and I saw his backside homer. So you know, he's a very close friend of mine. I'm always rooting for him, except when when we go to yeah, Toronto, Toronto right after yeah. the All Star break. But uh, you know, happy for him. I love playing for him, and I'm sure the guys in, in Toronto love him. Yeah, I. I would imagine they do, but but 
a trade that, well, I mean, you tell me, in a clubhouse, when a guy like that gets moved, what's kind of the ripple effect, right? I mean, you want to welcome the new guys, but at the same time, he was such a valuable part of this team. How, what's kind of the ripple effect of something I like mean, that? I mean, it's certainly different without him, but, you know, we got uh, we got Gabby and, and Lourdes. It's awesome. You yeah. Know, those guys are great teammates. They're obviously great players, and, and you know, they're helping us win games. So, uh, you know, it's just part of it. Trades are part of it, and, uh, you know, as, as much as, you know, we miss a guy like Varsho, it's, it's awesome what we got in return. All right, Jake, we appreciate you stopping by. Thank you. This was fun. Yeah, yeah. Was enjoy, a, enjoy, your, enjoy your home opener. Anytime. Yeah, we appreciate yeah, it. Yeah. It was nice meeting you. Thanks, Thanks for, for coming next by. Next year it'll be me and you playing catch on the, <laughs> on the field. Well, yeah. He's going to be the manager next year? <laughs> <laughs> you giving him the gig? What are you doing, I'll Victoria? <laughs> when we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, how much does Chris Paul feel his legacy is impacted by not having won a championship? You'll hear what he had to say about it next on the Burns and Gambo show.